Hey everyone, this is George Soto and you're watching Startups Unedited. Hey everyone, this is George Soto with Soto Ventures. Hope all is well. Uh, today I'm with Randeep Wilku, who is an investor, co-founder, board member, advisor. I mean, just all around stud in the London and or UK European startup community. Randeep, how are you? I'm good. How are you, George? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for taking the time to, to chat today. I know it's uh, getting later in the day, so I really appreciate it. Uh, Randy, why don't you uh, take a second to just kind of uh, tell the audience a little bit about your professional background and you know how you got into startups? Sure. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I was originally born and brought up in, in Kenya. I spent the first 19 years of my life there. Um, spent a lot of time working with my dad uh, in the restaurant business. So always had that kind of entrepreneurial kind of uh, background from him. Uh, came to university uh, to London, did my computer science degree there, and then uh, worked in corporate startups during the dot-com. Had my first startup in 2001 called Lookout4. This was the time when uh, Yellow Pages had lost their kind of uh, monopoly kind of status um, and change in legislation. So we built a portal that significantly undercut uh, Yellow Pages but maybe, you know, timing wasn't right or had bad management. So for various reasons, uh, you know, shut it down after about a year. And I went back into working for a couple of startups there uh, and then worked my way through, you know, worked for, uh, in, in various roles from, you know, being a developer to product management, product marketing, uh, strategy. So we really have been fortunate and lucky enough to have uh, worked across the board. Um, and uh, prior to joining the venture capital business, I was working for uh, Deutsche Telekom, doing some strategy work for them, and I was responsible for uh, location-based services. And this was a time when lots of investments were happening. Uh, Google Maps had just come all, come into the market, um, and uh, I was responsible for the sale of uh, a company called T-Traffic from uh, Deutsche Telekom to Navtech. So it was a nice exit for Deutsche Telekom, and that's when I was poached by T-Venture, and they asked me whether I was keen to join. Uh, so for the last seven years, I've been with T Venture. Again, I've been very fortunate to work with some very smart guys. Uh, you know, been lucky enough to have uh, you know I made some great investments, uh, have some great returns. So I'm pretty, pretty, pretty lucky, I guess. Um, uh, so yeah, that's, that's awesome. my background so far. Awesome. Now you, you're you're currently in the UK, and I know you spent some time in Germany. You know, what's what's kind of like the the culture. Uh, and and I and I'm, what I'm asking is specifically like the corporate culture around M&A. So I was actually interviewing uh, um, a, a Berlin-based uh, you know startup thought leader Olga Steidel a couple weeks ago, and she was talking about how like the the culture of M&A in at least from her view in Berlin is just not there yet. Do you see any differences between let's say the German market, which you know we all know is is a strong European market? versus the UK versus the rest of uh, Europe? Yeah, I think it definitely makes a difference. I think, uh, you know, uh, especially in comparison to US because most of the buyers are really in the tech industry are sitting in the US. Uh, so when they look at, you know, acquisition, there's some great, great companies across Europe, but, you know, language plays a significant role whether a deal happens or not. So, you know, London become, London's probably a, a kind of stronger place to actually start a company, but Berlin, Berlin's catching up. Uh, you know, I've been involved in a company where we tried to sell the company around three times. They were the European leader, uh, you know, uh, but it was very difficult to sell because 
you know, every time you got the CEOs of the U.S. company and the German company, there was always that cultural conflict, uh, and it just didn't happen. Um, so, you know, you see these differences. So I would say, you know, but Berlin, I guess, is, is still catching up and it's getting there fast. Uh, and in general, the M&A activity is improving, but it's still far from, you know, the way it is in the U.S. Gotcha, gotcha. What's the current state of the startup ecosystem as you view it from a, from, you know, as, as an investor, as a former founder? What's the current state of the London or, or you know, UK startup ecosystem? So at the moment, I think it's 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 uh, it's it's actually a very very active. Uh, it might be active for the wrong reasons because I guess one of the things uh, the UK economy has is the government is providing significant amount of incentives for the general public to invest. Uh, so there is significant tax kickbacks. Um, so the, you know crowdfunding is you know you know increasing significantly. Uh, but the downside with that is you know you've got lots of companies. Which typically, uh, you know, shouldn't have been funded in the first place, but do manage to get funding from the crowd, uh, you know, because the crowd are, are, you know, you know, sophisticated investors. You know, they 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 kind of you know follow their gut and make the investment. Uh, and you know, one of the things that will work against the London ecosystem is, you know, we are seeing lots of companies that are being formed, uh, and although there are an increasing number of VCs coming up, it's still significantly small in comparison to the new number of startups that are coming in the market. Um, so still, you know, companies still struggle to get their seed two or series A financing. And a lot of companies, you know, you hear lots of, lots of companies getting funded from crowdfunding sites, but you never hear these companies actually raising that series A. So is this kind of similar to what was happening in the early days of the internet here in the US where you had a bunch of companies that were getting funded who had no business getting any money and as a result, you know, they were just kind of raising money on ideas but there was no substance behind it? Is that what we're saying or we're just saying that the the amount of startups versus the amount of investors is just way too high and so that that supply is not actually being met by the demand of money. Yeah, I think it's different. I guess uh, in in US, you know, you still got you, you know all the inv angel investors are real angel investors. Uh, you know, so they do have the background. You know, they've probably had uh, work for uh, you know they've got lots of operational experience or VC experience, and they're actively investing. While you know, uh, you know, the the crowdfunding sites in UK. The only reason they're investing is because the government is giving them almost 78 to 100 percent tax kickback. So the risk to them is significantly low. Yeah. So that's the reason why, you know, you're seeing lots of companies are saying, you know, why don't I just basically uh, invest instead of my bank, money sitting in the bank? Because uh, my risk is almost, you know, none. Gotcha. So it's so kind of like difference. Got it. So it sounds like there's a, there's potentially a lot of noise. Um, you know, it's interesting. I saw I would say probably about four or five years ago the incubator ecosystem or, or community explode here with, you know, of, of course driven by Y Combinator and 500 startups and an angel pad. I participated in angel pad and I remember seeing a lot of the, the companies, not all of them. There were some, certainly some great investments that became real companies like Mopub and you look at the Postmates guys and, you know, Bastion and those folks and I mean, Buffer, um, you know, a ton of different companies. And, and now speaking to specifically AngelPad, of course, YC and 500 startups have, have yielded a ton of great companies. But I saw a lot of like these founders who maybe, you know, were engineers at Facebook, Google, et cetera, who had that, 
you know, resume and they were able to raise money and had really no business building any business um, and, and couldn't run a team. Are you seeing uh, similar things there? Yeah, we're seeing some of them, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of, of course, early employees of uh, Google, Facebook in, in, you know, London as well. You know, they are going and starting up, you know, a company in stealth mode, raising significant amount of capital. But still, I think it's, you know, much smaller than what you see, see in the U.S. But, you know, on the plus side, you know, having, you know, startups have an option, you know, to crowdfunding at the moment. They have access to capital. Uh, so on the plus side, you know, you do, you know, some companies that, you know, in the past uh, should deserve some VC capital uh, just because there wasn't enough VC capital, they wouldn't get capital. But now because there is more options, you know, it's, 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 it's a much, uh, I guess, riper environment uh, for startups to kind of, you know, survive and kind of grow into a more mature company. Got it. Well, let's say you're an early stage founder who has an idea or maybe you have an MVP. You know, what, you know, two or three tips would you give an early stage founder who's sitting in London today or, or someone maybe even just in Europe, but let's maybe we'll just focus on the London uh, market, you know, who's trying to get this business off the ground, maybe raise a, some sort of seed round or angel round, what, you know, two or three tips would you provide them? So I think the biggest thing I always tell every startup, especially in, in Europe is, you know, make sure you watch your burn. You can get, you know, excited, you know, can, you can start building the product uh, rather than focusing on growth. So that's one thing, you know, extremely important, especially because, you know, you know, even if they raise, you know, a quarter of a million dollars in a seed round here, which is quite, quite a good amount for London, uh, you know, the next round, you know, if they don't have growth, they'll have to raise another seed round. And because there isn't enough access to capital, you know, they'll struggle. So that's why, you know, always watch your burn, focus on that MVP, you know, try to, you know, uh, you know, prove the product or the business model before really taking the next step and doing some additional kind of marketing spend or sales. You know, I've made that same mistake. You know, I made that mistake in 2001. Uh, I've recently incubated a company, uh, Execute Sales. I've made the same mistake again. Uh, and, you know, uh, I'm learning from it. And uh, yeah, so at least I give that advice and uh, I hope I, hopefully I won't make that same mistake as well. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I've I've made similar mistakes. And, you know, for me as a non-technical co-founder, you know, I, I've made the mistake multiple times of getting really excited about an idea and then having to kind of cut corners around recruiting the right team to build the technology, you know, and, and things like outsourcing to you know, I guess what it's called now, Upwork or uh, or, yeah. or the old the old desk and things like that. Which you know, I think you can get some great product built if yeah. you understand how to manage outsource teams. You know, but when we're talking about building a real business, you really, from my view and 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 the you know the the mistakes that I was ref, you know referring to, uh, you know, you really need to build a core founding team that has that technical competence uh, at least to be able to you know, to be able to build an MVP and, and get you actually, you know, even a chance to compete. So, Randeep, thank you so yeah, much. Definitely. You know, you know if, if folks wanted to follow you on social media, send you, let's say, some information about their ideas or, or maybe pick your brain for advice, what are the best social channels to reach you and, and what are your handles? Yeah, I guess I do use uh, Twitter a little bit. I've been, uh, I'm becoming more active as well. Um, and it's uh, Randeep Wilku, uh, my Twitter handle. Uh, but I think LinkedIn is still the best uh, option uh, to me. Of course, if if uh, you come, if if startups or founders come through to me via somebody 
of course, uh, that's better. But uh, one of the things I always do is, irrespective of whether I know somebody or not, I at least at least respond to him and at least give him some guidance. Uh, you know, I've been a you know I've been a founder. I've tried to start up a company, and I know how frustrating it is. And you know, I would say at least in Europe, you know, another advice at least for a lot of young companies is uh, or founders is they should really learn how to use their network more effectively and find better ways of actually expanding that network. Uh, because, you know, a lot of people, you know, just find an easy way. Let me send an email on LinkedIn. Hey, Randeep, you know, we're looking for a series seed. Uh, you know, and clearly my profile says we don't do seed investments, but I get tons of requests uh, for seed. Um, and, you know, it, you know it, it would have been much easier for these guys just to uh, informally, you know, ask me to, you know, uh, for, for some advice or, you know, uh, some guidance. And I'm, you know, always happy to, to do that. Um, but I think for uh, London founders, they should really spend time in making sure that they have the right strategy in building their network because that's that's what they will need not only to build a business but to execute additional financing, uh, you know, et cetera. And, and do you have a, a tip or two of how these founders should go about building their or expanding upon their network? Again, in London, I mean, it's, it's become much easier and so so uh, same same as Berlin as well. You know, there's lots of events going on. Uh, you know, uh, lots of uh, you know uh, entrepreneurs getting together. There are lots of co-working places. Uh, you know, lots of incubators. So tons happening there. You know, uh, you know, I myself, you know, I'm I, like I'm involved in two incubators and and also in Founders Institute. You know, I'm only doing that purely because you know I kind of enjoy being there for the startups. But of course, I'm interested in also kind of uh, expanding the business that you know I've built in the past. Uh, you know, execute sales is one of them, which is, you know, something that we're trying to extend. Um, and, you know, so this, that's the reason why I spend a lot of time, I guess, going to these events, uh, networking with founders uh, and, and, of course, corporates as well for the customers. Well, just to point out, we actually met at the sales stack conference in San Francisco. Yeah, exactly. so a, right. So that's a good example. Well, Randy, yeah, exactly. have a, well, I really appreciate your time. Have a wonderful day, and uh, I will I will see you soon. I'm sure I'll be out in uh, in Europe shortly. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks a lot, George, for your time. Have a great one.